The internet has changed the way the entire world operates. Not only that, it continuously changes, and we're going through a major change right now. This is the global adoption of Web3. Now, what is Web3, and how could it affect your life? Well, you're about to find out. All right, everybody, welcome to the new normal, a podcast where every Tuesday we break down complex crypto topics so that anybody can understand. I am your host, Austin, aka Mac and Cheesy. And alongside me, we have Jesse, the lead engineer on the Crypto Goons NFT project. And I forgot to mention back in the day, Steve Jobs used to call Jesse and ask him about the internet so we have we I, i'm excited for this one we're going to be touching on what is web3 this is a major major topic but before we get into this this show is growing this is episode 23 and as we like to say let's just keep it growing 24 folks. austin 24 did i say 23 you did oh man i said 24 24 thank you for correcting me <laughs> whatever it is 24 23 100 2000 it doesn't matter share it with somebody like the video whatever get this to more people because i think this crypto revolution is something that can help you prepare for the future and this podcast is a great way to do that and on today's episode we're going to dive into the history of the internet what web one and web two are and what web three is and how this can impact your life so jesse you've been you've been a programmer for since Steve Jobs was, you've been you've been taking calls from Steve Jobs. You've been you've been in the in the weeds of the internet world for, for a long, <laughs> long time. And myself, I'm I actually I I was ripping some HTML images right before this. So we we've had some some internet experience. I, I know this is a topic that you've been excited to talk about. Now, I, I why is that? Like, give us a little bit about your background and like what's interest you about the internet for so long. Yeah, I, I think the web talking web three is really exciting because in 2017 was like the first really big bull run for crypto, right? And and all the talk back then was make money, make money, make money, ICO, ICO, like Ponzi coin. Like it was it was just kind of kind of gross, right? It just mm -hmm. It was exciting. You knew cool stuff was being built. Like there was so many cool ideas, but it was just ideas, right? And one of the best things to happen in 2021 uh, and this crypto bull run has been this overriding theme of Web3 and really pushing the narrative of Web3. And so WTF Web3. <laughs> <laughs> WTF Web3. Three. That is that is a great question, and these it, it can be intimidating. You're like Web three. There's three of these things. I only know one of these things. Like I'm still figuring out the Facebooks. Like, yeah. Well, now we got a new version. I don't I don't even remember Web two. Like <laughs> like what are all these things? What when did we make this leap? When did we get from Web one to Web two? What what is these things? Like do, let's just walk. Let's walk back. Let's take a take a trip down memory lane. What is Web 1? What are Web 2? Yeah, so just to set up the basics, right? This number we keep saying, Web 3, is, as you said, it's a version. So we are on what many people now believe, including me and you, Austin, to be the third version of the internet, okay? And so how do we understand Web 3, the third version? Well, we got to start with the first version and understand what the heck was going on then. 
Of course. So let's go back <laughs> to the first version of the internet. Sure. Web one. That was that was my sound effect. <laughs> We're now in the year 1990. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, so Web One roughly starts around 1990, somewhere in the 90s there, and runs all the way to 2005. You know, I was I was very young. Uh, I you know I'm about two years old when this thing starts, <laughs> um, but. As I get older, um, I get a I get an internet connection at home, a little dial up. Yep, there it is. The, the dial <laughs> up soundboard. I'm starting to look at websites, and these websites are really fucking cool. Like it's really cool, but a lot of them are really they're just static, right? They're kind of read only. They 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 mimic a lot of what the world was prior to the internet, which is newspapers, books, mm -hmm. magazines, right? Like whenever we have some revolutionary technology you tend to kind of just mimic what you already know right because you don't that's it's our brains and not enough people have gotten to the point where the creativity and the innovation has been enough to to say oh we could do actually way different things mm -hmm. it seems like a natural progression right like there's a, this new technology the first implementation is gonna be what Copy you see in your, yeah <laughs> let's take this new tech and let's just do what we've been doing exactly and and um yeah so static web pages and actually growing up i had there's this really cool thing called GeoCities, um and where you could go on and make your own little website and i i had the best time doing this i would like put up like little football logos and random text and i actually googled GeoCities last night and legit in the google images i saw um jesse's skiing skiing page as one of the images that came up on google image i was like yeah. my jaw dropped I, I was like that might literally be one of my geo cities <laughs> i am gonna have to do some due diligence on that <laughs> uh, any listeners go search jesse geo city and let's yeah, find geo his city. page uh, <laughs> and and these pages were so fun you could have a little hit counter for how many people visited your web page um, and the most interaction you could really ever add to them was like you could have a guest book, right? Where someone could like leave, like write. I'm not even sure where it saved it back then, <laughs> um, but a guest book was like the most uh, like dynamic thing you could possibly do, right? The majority of it was just text, me putting up my favorite Eagles scores or who knows what. <laughs> and so yeah, this was very read-only, consume, you know, much like a newspaper, a book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the other part of this web one, which was awesome, was it was brand new, right? So there was this openness to it. There was a lot of all the people building it and creating it were sharing knowledge with each other. It wasn't about like competing. You know, obviously there was companies being built and there was some competition, but so much of it was just like the excitement of experimenting. And these like, honestly, these just nerds who were excited <laughs> to to grow and learn more about this cool thing they were building and so it was very community driven like and 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 open and at the time right people didn't know what if it was going to be globally adopted i forget what what was like the quote where it was like nobody's going to have a computer like there's yeah. only going to be like four or five computers that are useful in the world and so these this community these nerds which like web three web two is awesome. nerds the nerds <laughs> the nerds take over shout out nerds um, shout out nerds they don't they don't even know when they're building it that it's going to be the internet like right now it seems obvious but in the time of it 
they don't they don't know this like they're they're relying on this community the same way crypto might seem obvious now you go literally back a year ago that wasn't obvious so it's like this community aspect that's really driving the growth yeah and they're building these things that we like take for granted today but things like email right like 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 the protocol to actually send a message from one person to another and like have that be a common shared thing that uh we all understand as email right like that's email is just like a a thing right it's not like owned by anyone no one owns email right you can use gmail you can use yahoo but no one owns email right it's community kind of created in, in a way it's a protocol it's a rule set like a, a common thing that people just share and, and agree upon and so this was exciting times in web one and then web two comes along and it's looking pretty promising web two strolls along strolls on in. <laughs> walks into the bar okay hey, talking to web talking to web one and then you do the double take it's like the meme of the guy like looking back with like when he's holding his girlfriend's hand it's like web one web two <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah yes that's a good meme yes you should definitely meme that right after this um web two kind of changes everything right and it starts roughly at the end of web one which is 2005 and it runs all the way until 2020 rest in peace <laughs> and web two is no longer read only it's no longer just a magazine right it's dynamic users are now creating content right and they're creating a lot of content and this is where the birth of social media is twitter facebook you know i i remember when i first signed up for my facebook account it was at a, a house party <laughs> and everyone had gone to bed i just couldn't sleep like everyone had passed out at like four in the morning and i'm sitting on my friend's computer uh, i think in, in the middle of high school and yeah, I signed up for this thing called Facebook, right? And like, what the hell is this Facebook thing? It's it's like cool. And yes, yeah, so this is the birth oh wait, of oh, wait, only Jesse, only Jesse is at the middle of a high school house party, and he decides <laughs> everyone out at this point. Everyone's yeah. everyone's <laughs> asleep, and Jesse decides that he's gonna make an account at one of the most influential tech companies that has ever existed <laughs> on this planet. Well, it's four thirty, and we're not gonna speculate about what happened earlier in the evening. <laughs> 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 exactly <Debauchery. laughs> and yes yeah, so this is the birth of social media like users are creating content you can now write 140 characters on the internet and that's what it was back in the day uh, mm. and call it a tweet um, and you can read about what's happening at the Phillies game because there's a journalist sitting there writing out his thoughts about how the Phillies are playing onto the internet and it's just like it's so cool it's like it was just so captivating when I first found Twitter and in, in college, my freshman year, and it was just like mind blowing. I was like, wow, I could just soak up knowledge everywhere because users are just creating this stuff. Yeah, from from my end, right? So like a um, little bit younger, right? So I was in like the, the, the middle school ages or whatever. And it was just like you got the to use these these apps and you got to like poke somebody on Facebook. You got to like you got to tweet something. Nobody knew how any of this worked. You're like like this video for a uh, for a truth is. So if, if, if you know what that is, like like this for three truths or, or whatever it was on Facebook. And like you were just having <laughs> fun with it. And like you're making I, I remember I signed up for Twitter because of literally Mac Miller um on another night he was 
his lyric is like hit me on twitter and i was like what the <laughs> hell is twitter let me make it let me make my twitter profile which is mac and cheesy which is what I, I made it when i was whatever however old i was but like nobody knew what they were doing on these platforms no it was the wild west right it always is when it starts early um but unfortunately with great power came no responsibility for, for a lot of these companies. <laughs> I, I was ready for it. I was Spider-Man. I was ready. And uh, responsibility. And I mean, I get it. They saw dollar signs. They saw opportunity. And, and I think what business wouldn't. And so what happened was these companies became very siloed. They, they, were sent, they became centralized services that were run by these corporations. No longer was it a community-driven effort. And only a handful of companies like Google, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, you know, you name, you, you, we all know the, the web two companies, they gained all the value, right? And all the people who were creating the content on these platforms, all the people who are using these platforms, all the people who may have helped contribute to building them, uh, we're not getting a whole lot of that value. And so, and then what really became just the vicious cycle of this all is the users helped create the value of these companies. Mm -hmm. And then not only were they left kind of with nothing, they were forced to stay because the network effect of a Facebook, of a Twitter, of a, you know, these companies was, they, they were the only show in town. They were destroying competition left and right. And it just mm -hmm. became this vicious cycle where they would, they would use their their venture capital funding to give tons of value away for free, right? Like you could use Facebook, it was free. You could use Twitter, it was free. You could use Uber, it was very cheap. You know, like you get those really cheap rides, mm -hmm. and you don't have to talk. You know, you, you don't have to put your finger out anymore to get the get, get the car. You just type on your phone, and boom, you have a car. And they got these massive network effects, right? They killed the cab industry. They killed you know, whatever, they killed a lot of things. <laughs> yep. And but now you're locked in. And now they're starting to charge you these more these normal prices. And well, Facebook, you're not being charged, but you are right. Like they're serving you ads, they're selling your data, they're doing like you are being charged. And you're you being are the charged. product. You are the product, right? Um, or now Uber, right? Like the prices have gone up significantly, um, because you're locked in now. And mm -hmm. so what they would collaborate early on and be like friendly companies in the early going. And then soon they would turn and, and destroy kind of anything and everything in their path. Right. And turn everyone into a, an enemy and, a, and compete. Mm -hmm. And instead of everyone winning only one or two people win. Right. I'm, I'm curious the comparison here. And cause, so this was like the modern day, cause this is, truly like the the infrastructure in a sense of the of the internet like facebook is the infrastructure of social media and we're seeing like this this monopoly in some respect like they just gobble you up they gobble up instagram they gobble up whatsapp and we're seeing this like monopoly similar to like if you go back to like the industrial revolution how we saw these monopolies in like the railroad industry and the oil like we saw these issues and it's just instead of now infrastructure based it's technology based and users have very little that they can do because if you don't want to use Facebook I challenge you what's the alternative if you if you don't want to use YouTube if you don't want to stream on YouTube as a video like 
what what are the the alternatives from for like a long form like yeah what are these alternatives and it's so hard to become a competitor like to enter the space and compete against these companies because they just have such massive network effects like so many people are already on them you it take you forever and uh, and, and then what would what would happen work. yeah what happens if you if it does work they buy you because they have they have unlimited pockets Deck and that's is just stacked against you and it's it's very so that's web two but we're saying a lot of the, the negatives of web two, but this ability to um, write and to create. add th this create the ability to create added so many use cases, so many things that changed the world that we lived in. And it tr this like, although web one changed the world, I, I think the leap from web two, what web, web one to web two might've changed our like day to day more than that of the leap from, web zero to web one that might be just because i lived through it but it, it just feels like that's the case i don't know if what your thoughts on that no truly once you get into these like application like we got beyond the like the nerdy stuff right beyond the layer one right we got into these higher levels where they're truly user applications where you're taking pictures and sharing videos and and talking to each other on the internet and like that's like that changes my life, right? My day-to-day -day life it doesn't change how my computer operates. It's <laughs> so true, and it and it changes, and it connected the globe, literally. Like literally, for everything that Facebook has done wrong, they've also connected families across the globe. So it can it took these people that were across, and they can now communicate, and they can start talking. And this was like that Web two revolution was from Web one to Web two was truly crazy, and now. This is where it gets exciting, right? There's yeah. another one that's coming. And that's this web. Two. Like if you thought your life changed from web one to web two, which we kind of just outlined and it did like that's a fact. That's no hot take there. Now we have another one coming. We have the web two to web three. And this is like 2005 web two. You have you have an opportunity here. So what is web three? And why should we be so excited? Why should someone share this video, share this podcast uh, so that somebody else could start learning about Web3? Yeah, so Web3, it starts 2020, 2021, like right now, like literally we're in the first year, right? And that's in crazy, crazy, exciting opportunity. And so what is Web3? So Web3 takes the kind of the best parts of the first two versions, right? We get the read abilities, in web one and that openness and that sharing that rewards everyone in the in the community and we combine that with web two which allows us to create right and, and create such dynamic interesting applications that change our day-to-day -day lives as you as you outlined and we combine that into this web three where we now are able to read create and now collectively own ownership has been Ooh. added we can now own the internet as a collective it's not just the, the the top people at the top of the companies right it's the people building the people at the bottom of the chain building the internet and it's the users the people who go in there and spend all that time creating all that awesome content or providing liquidity or taking loans like you are the users, right? And you are using these apps early on. You're providing these companies a lot of value. And now you're actually getting some of that value back.
which is it's, really really cool i i love i love that the breakdown right it's the it's the the consume the create and then the own like that if that doesn't excite you just those three words like we we could have just a, a clip just those those three words like web one consume web two create web three own like that just gives gives me the the heebie-jeebies <laughs> like what how so how can you actually get ownership like okay that's a great idea that's great sure whatever like okay okay jesse magical ownership how is that going to actually come to fruition yeah so how do we like ownership right ownership in the digital space has never been possible before until blockchains because blockchains make it possible to have these unbreakable rules meaning i own this token i own a, a, a one ethereum i own an nft i own these things and this blockchain is a computer that's not owned by any specific company who can just decide eh, you don't own that anymore Eh, we're gonna make up 10 more of those there's no company who owns that much like email right it's owned by a collective group uh, of owners and, and, and people like that. So this is where this new concept of ownership in Web3 is orchestrated and really carried out by the concept of tokens. And so mm -hmm. tokens represent your ownership, whether it's um, a fungible token like like Ethereum or uh, let's say Sushi or you know whatever your favorite altcoin is. Um, or non-fungible, meaning uh, like an NFT, more like a, a deed to the house or a title to your car, where it's a unique item that you own. And yeah, so these these new this introduction of this new technology allows for ownership uh, where it's not managed and created by these centralized entities. And these tokens that your these these companies create them, be, and now it gives. It gives them ownership. So I I think you had uh, explained it to me, right? As a as an engineer, right? I think this is a good way to kind of understand it. Um, as an engineer, let's say you're doing contractor work or you're working for somebody and you're like getting an hourly rate or something, and that doesn't necessarily interest you. What interests you is getting ownership in the company. And before Web3, you would have like these complex vesting schedules. You'd have to... You, you'd effectively never get ownership. That's the the long story short is equity is a is a a nice term to say to people that you want to pay a little bit less. Um, like, but now you can get tokens. You can get paid out in tokens, which is directly associated with the company itself. Yeah, yeah. You can improve and and grow the the value of those tokens by contributing your work, right? And like that's what's so cool about. NFT communities, right? You buy into an NFT into a community, but like you can go join that community and and like participate and help grow it because you have a significant um, monetary investment there, and and you and you feel like you're part of the collective. And it just it, when ownership is the most like activating thing on the planet of Earth. Like mm -hmm. if you own something, whether like just having ownership of something. And the control, you you just feel so much more engaged, right? You you feel you have a, a skin in the game, as we like to say, right? Mm -hmm. And 
and it's just it's just a very powerful thing and so you I, will you your the creativity will flow you'll come up with new ideas you'll participate because you care because you have ownership mm -hmm. uh, and since the beginning of time right people are like by nature they're incentive driven so where are their incentives aligned um, and the second you give somebody ownership, they then have the incentive to then build the product and then work in the community. And so if, if incentives aren't in line, people won't work towards building. Like that's just how we are. Right. So if you can align somebody's incentives, incentives to be towards this common vision. And I think it's hard for some people to visualize like, okay, cool. You Facebook, a Facebook sized company becomes web three. There's billions of users on Facebook. I'm not going to get it like a billion. Like, what is that even worth? But the thing with Web3, especially where we are today, it's hard to say where we're going to be 10, 20 years from now. But where we are today, these communities, these NFT, there's 10,000 of them, if that. There's, if you're a crypto goon, 6,969, 6, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that's not that many people. That's not that many people. And when you you expand your your horizon from like a local tribe to like the globe, 6,969 people is close to zero. Very, very <laughs> small. Jesse is doing a very small. And so the, the, the impact that you can have on the community is crazy. Like, and people are looking for these, these impacts. Like people are looking for people to start working and helping the community. Yeah. It's, it's super exciting. And, and, what's been really cool is so we've seen um these web3 applications like a uniswap um they didn't have a token to start right and they built out like crazy value right they created a decentralized exchange like the first ever of its kind like literally some of the most groundbreaking technology we've ever seen mm -hmm. and What's really cool is the people who use that early on and believed in it and were like, let oh, this is sick. I just want to like tool around, mess around. They got when Uniswap finally decided to introduce a token to help govern it and turn it more into a DAO. They said, well, 15% of these tokens, we're just going to airdrop them to our users who have been so valuable in our early uh, journey. Mm -hmm. And I think I know someone who was uh... <laughs> guilty. I'm, I'm, I get excited when I, I hear about the Uniswap airdrop, but yeah, and it was it was awesome, right? Because they they decided to give back to the people that were using it first. Because without those users, they don't get where Nothing. they are. And if you can, and you're just like they're selfishly doing it too, because they know that these are the first adopters. They want to give back to them because they want them driving the community as it grows. And like, so now we, all of a sudden I was an owner in Uniswap and I didn't do anything besides use the product that I found awesome to get other altcoins. <laughs> like it was a very useful tool. Yeah. And, it, and it's cool. And, it, and they, they can use the history, your history on the blockchain of, of you interacting with their app. And so it's like, it's written out there in public. Like, it's not like, like this shady behind the scenes like oh austin got some tokens like that's not mm -hmm. fair how do i know he like deserves it or whatever like it's literally written in public stone on the blockchain that austin's wallet used uniswap x amount of times and he got a proportional reward for doing that mm -hmm. and sick for, for those of you listening right and 
you the, this airdrop um and i just say this to kind of give you an understanding that this isn't pennies um the uniswap airdrop ended up being i don't know that like around ten thousand dollars in the current value of the uni token and that's that's not zero that like that this changed people's lives across the world who were using this tool like this literally changed their lives there's stories on reddit about how the uniswap airdrop like change their life financially and if you think that this is a one-off scenario that's just not the case literally a couple of weeks ago both jesse and i we got a uh ens airdrop for the the ethereum domains and that's because we just used the product we liked the product and we were part of the community and we got compensated for it yeah and it's amazing like the value no longer just goes to the centralized entity like the facebook right and just makes you realize just how much money they've that's been concentrated at the to this small group of winners because just spreading a little bit just spreading some of it around to, to the people who have used it like it's like life-changing right and so now instead of 95 percent going to the top you know it's only 30, 40, 50%, you know, more reasonable numbers of like what they contributed truly because so many other people it takes a village, right? To carry some of these things, like a, a whole a, a country's worth of people to bring a world's worth of people to bring Facebook to what it is today. And no one gets value rewarded. Like it's ridiculous. And if just, if you're playing devil's advocate, right? Like, okay, sure. This, this same entity what, they're just going to take, let's say, 95% of the profits, and then the users are only going to get X 5% of the profits. But I would, I would challenge you to think that whereas Facebook doesn't answer to the community, they answer to board members, a select few, whereas these decentralized products, they answer to the entire community. So now if you release a product that only provides your community 5% of the rewards where the rest of your competitors are providing them 30 40%, you're not going to make it. You're NGMI. But if you double down on your community, you're going to make it. <laughs> you're you're going to make it. Okay. What are, what are some of your favorite Web3 takes? Because I know there's a ton of there out there on Twitter. There's a ton of there. them, And it's I like the takes because they're, they're guesses in some respect. They're educated guesses. They're, they're intellectual takes. So what are some of yours? Yeah. My, my favorite is that so everyone's like web three everything's going to be decentralized blah 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 i don't actually think everything's going to be centralized i think we need centralization in many ways but what we need is competition right we know that competition just keeps things honest right you can't just run away and have a monopoly in this like whatever so i think decentralization is here to be a competitor right and so what does this mean so like let's look at uh, a marketplace right in this decentralized world we have OpenSea. they're only able they're actually a centralized company they're only able to charge 2.5 percent fees on all um transactions on the OpenSea for nft sales right this people actually think this is a lot right like 2.5 percent mm -hmm. that's a lot well let's go look at what apple does if you if you um have an app on apple's uh iphone 30% of the revenue that you make within your app is going to Apple because there's no other com competitor that comes in and says like, I'll go, I'll do it. I'll do it cheaper. Come over here. It's because like 
Apple just has such a stronghold on iPhone and, 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 and there's just no way to compete with it. There's no decentralized option. And so when you have choices and you give the consumer choices, they'll always go to what's the best for them, right? And, and it gives them an out, right? You're no longer stuck there. You get to show up to the app with your wallet, with what you own, instead of when you show up, they, all the shit you own is already there, right? And so when you go to Facebook, all your stuff you own, like all the create content you've created is in Facebook. You can never get it out of there. You're not allowed to leave, basically. Um, and so that's what's really cool about decentralization. And I, I love the competition idea there. And part of the competition is the open source nature of Web3. A lot of these projects, they almost have to be open source in some respect. Um, and the open source, like going back to the Uniswap example, right? Uniswap, they airdropped me the tokens and it was awesome. I loved it. But then a competitor came along, which copy and pasted sushi uh uniswaps i just did a little teaser there copy and pasted uniswaps code and decided to build on top of that they said hey we love what you did uniswap we can do it better and they said okay and then they started building out a new product and then i decided oh i like sushi swap a little bit better i think they got they got better features i'm gonna go to sushi swap and i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna use their product and now all of a sudden they're vying for my my use as a as a user and as an owner. And let's say SushiSwap gives me two percent of their fees, and Uniswap only gives me one. I'm even more likely to use Uniswap. But now all of a sudden, Unis or SushiSwap. Now all of a sudden, Uniswap ups it to three. And now mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And now they're they're competing against each other in the public. And at any point in time, you could have burrito swap or whatever we want to call it and they can they can do these things so it's yeah and like will coinbase be able to charge the fees that they charge on on they're charging what like two 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 three percent uh and then you go over to a, a sushi swap all we know gas fees make it prohibitive but like project forward when gas fees are are limited to are very 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 cheap and they don't exist anymore now Coinbase has to fucking lower their fees because there's real competition. It's amazing. The best. It's, it, it's it's exciting, and the like this this episode we 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 talked on all like just Web One, Web Two, Web Three, and I think the the summary right is Web One you consume, Web Two you consume and you create, Web Three you consume you create and now you actually own. And that is exciting because you have an opportunity to be a owner in these companies at the early stages of the actual product. And one thing that I had, I had said um, on, I think, around the blockchain the other week and was the American dream of owning a house, unfortunately, is getting farther and farther and farther away. Home prices are skyrocketing inflation is worse than anyone wants to admit and as a result that american dream of owning a house is getting farther away but now there's kind of this new american dream in my eyes where now the it's shift now you can own an actual company now you can actually have ownership in a product that has never been available to you in the past so think about this as an opportunity and where you can learn and 
Web3, we are living in it. This is cutting edge. We are, we are making the rules up on the fly. And we're trying to help you learn it so that it can be simple, so that you can understand it, so that you don't have to be a tech nerd to understand it. Anybody from your grandma to your dog could, could understand a little bit about crypto. And that's what we do. Every Tuesday, we try and break down these complex crypto topics so that really anybody can understand. If you're not part of the incubator, then you should be. You should join the Discord, which is linked in this episode below. Um, join that and say what's up to, to me and Jesse. Ask us questions from this episode and share this with people so that they can start understanding. Um, but if you're not going to join that, we'll see you next Tuesday. And as always, keep it moving. Peace. I'm walking around in the circle of life